I'm sure you've had even more time to distill over this whole debacle. And I know you were critical over developments and you yourself sent questions to KPMG. I'm wondering, though, what conclusion do you now draw over why it's taken so long? If people believe that uh, these uh, complaints are so valid that even their work has to uh, be reviewed over several years. Well, I think, you know, things have escalated since, uh, you know, when, when we took the decision, our board took the decision, it was very much, you know, we were the first ones. And um, really, I mean, realistically, you know, I looked at all the exposures that started happening through Gupta League. Um, and on the back of that, you know, obviously there's some very serious questions that one needed to ask. I asked those questions. I don't think at that stage KPMG, either South Africa or KPMG International, was taking it particularly seriously as an issue. Um, so certainly, you know, the answers to me were very glib and completely unprepared um, and, you know, without going into the details of it, obviously completely inadequate. Um, and, you know, my impression at that time was that, you know, they were in deep, de- deep denial. They haven't suspended any partners. They haven't even suspended the partner that was involved in the Gupta account. Um, so, you know, we, we then decided to dismiss them because, you know, it just went against everything that we believe in as a company. Um, you know, our chairman, uh, Professor Harun Barat, is one of the authors of Betrayal of the Nation report. So, you know, we... we very committed to ethical and honest South Africa. So, so we just couldn't continue mm. doing this. But what set you on the scent? What made you feel like, um, you know, you weren't comfortable even though it was rumours at the time? Well, there were articles at the time that started appearing. And certainly, you know, I called them into a meeting and I met with the CEO, Trevor Hall, um, to give them an the opportunity of explaining. And, you know, clearly the explanations I got were um, completely inadequate. So, um, you know, the explanation on Linkway, where clearly money was stolen from the poor, laundered, and then used uh, to pay for a very lavish wedding, and then offset against tax. I mean, Mm. please, how long can Uber take to investigate that? That would take me half an hour. So let's really? <laughs> so let's talk about. I mean, you once put out a tweet saying that you know the problem is not limited to KPMG; that other audit firms yeah. are doing similar work at SOEs right now. And this is one of the reasons I wanted to talk mm-hmm. to you. What are we missing here? What is the bigger picture? Has this been going yeah. on for too long and nobody's sounding the alarm? What what's clouding our judgment? I think what's what's clouding people's judgment is not understanding what audit firms actually do. So we tend to think of audit firms as having, you know, the main line of business being external audits of companies and producing and verifying financial information. Whereas, in fact, you know, audit firms earn enormous amount of money out of advisory work. And that work spans absolutely anything and everything from forensics to tax advice, tax structuring, tax limitations and avoidance. Uh, to corporate uh, mergers and acquisitions, to valuations. So they actually earn enormous amount of revenue out of all these different services that they provide. And obviously, as has been proven, you know, on the Gupta accounts, the audit fees that they actually levied were quite insignificant. The bulk of the revenue there came from the advisory work that they did for the Guptas. Among it, you know, that advisory work being how to uh, shelter income from tax. Um, and this is the problem with all audit firms, that they have this inherent conflict uh, 
that when assessing a client, they look at the totality of revenue that they derive from that client. And if that client pays them a lot for advisory work, you know, there is this inherent conflict in saying, mm-hmm. well, you know, on the audit side, do we really want to necessarily look too closely? So, so that's one side. So, Magda, then, then tell me, where is oversight? Why is um, the industry not able to pick up? Why is it not self-assessing? Well, because I think, you know, any form of self-regulation is problematic, whether you look at the audit profession or actuarial profession or the medical profession, you know, where you're relying completely on self-regulatory bodies to regulate you. You know, I still have to see a self-regulatory body really take action against its own. So, you know, I did a speech yesterday to to a Deloitte forum where I basically said, you know, those regulatory bodies need to take a long and hard look at themselves in terms of what is their brief, how do they derive their revenue, how are they funded, and what should they truly be doing to ensure that, you know, when punishment is required, that punishment comes. All right, we're going and to leave it there with you. Thank you so much, though, for taking the time to speak to us. Magda Vierzitska.